So here we go. This should be fun because you may not know this, Dwayne, but you know, with the running game with the Chiefs, with Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire, I've been seeing where you've been at on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen where I'm at, but I I can tell you that we're probably on opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's kind of fitting because the guy who's actually at football guys who we've I've had a heated debate with over the past couple of weeks when football guys did a you know, should Clyde Edwards Hilaire be a first round pick? Well, the guy who argued vociferously with me because I said no, he's a late second round value. Um, you know, and we had it out on you know on a debate, and then we did a debate on the audible. Is a guy who kind of looks like your little cousin, Dan Hinger. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dan. I like Dan too. Dan's a great guy, and if you didn't see hear the audible last week, you know Dan's Dan writes the dynasty trade value chart, which is a really popular feature. And about five years ago. I pretty much stopped doing trade value charts in the RSP post draft and just said, listen, go get a football guy subscription and, and, and just read Dan Hendry's um, draft value trade draft um, trade value chart. And that's enough. I'll give you principles of what I look for, but in terms of like literally getting to the nitty gritty weeds with every player, just go read Dan's stuff. Cause it's better than what I would give you. So here's my thoughts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, I like Edwards Hilaire. I don't love Edwards Hilaire. I think Edwards Hilaire is a good player, capable of becoming a very good player. Um, but unlike a lot of folks, I still think running running the football still matters to make you a great back. And I think that Edwards Hilaire has very good vision. Maybe, maybe borderline elite vision. I think he has excellent quickness. I think that... He's a he's a physical player if you define physicality that he's willing to attack defenders in the open field and he's willing to finish strong. But he's a bully against defensive backs and when I read people, even those I respect, who I've seen say he's a he's a he plays much bigger than his size, I would say no. You, you need to watch more carefully. He does not move defensive tackles. He does not move linebackers. He is not a pile-pushing back. He is not a tackle-breaking back unless you want to count him 30 yards down the field facing an, uh, an undermanned cornerback where he can bully him like he's supposed to. Um, he's a great route runner. You know, Jay Moyer did a really great job of being able to point that out this offseason. Uh, he is. He's the best route running um, back in of the class I don't think he's the best pass catching back in the class if you're going to define the two he kind of has short arms he doesn't use his reach all that well against tight trail coverage I think he's going to have a little bit of an awakening maybe even in this league um, with tighter coverage with linebackers who are savvier who are going to be able to knock the ball loose from his um, turtle-armed kind of thing that he does occasionally when he goes to get the ball. Now, this sounds like I'm hating on him, and I guess I am a little bit in a good-natured sort of way. Again, let me emphasize, I think he's a very good back. But And I know that, like, you know, I, I had somebody say to me, write me recently, and goes, Waldman, you're my guy in fantasy, but who am I supposed to trust? You or Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes says... 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire is my guy, you know, and I laugh and think, well, yeah, you trust Patrick, you, you trust Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, hey, when it Cameron, comes to... look, look into the camera here for all the RSP. That's right. We got that. You can see we were talking about you earlier. So, yeah. Hey there. Was it good or bad? Oh, you're oh it was right horrible, now. man. It was awful. <laughs> it's about you going to tech. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a good time. <laughs> yeah, man. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Matt says good luck. <laughs> he said thanks. Sorry. No, man. No worries. So, so, but yeah. So, I mean, listen, Edwards Hilaire. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, that's the tie-in, Matt. You know, that's the tie. Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. See, there you go. So we had we already he heard Texas Tech and came into the room. So there you go. Yeah. So, the thing is, yes. You know, are you going to trust trust Patrick Mahomes or me? Yeah, I would probably say you trust Patrick Mahomes. Then again. Patrick Mahomes doesn't evaluate running backs. He's a quarterback. So what I would tell you is that, yes, eventually Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the guy that Patrick Mahomes loves and will probably be enough this year that he will give you fantasy starter production. But do you really want to draft him sixth, seventh, eighth, fifth overall? I To me, that means that if you look at the, the Chiefs' track record, Kareem Hunt. Everybody brings up Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt first year. Well, Kareem Hunt first year basically had um, Charkandrick West, Anthony Sherman, and that was about, and oh, and Akeem Hunt. Do you remember Akeem Hunt? I barely mm-hmm. remember Akeem Hunt. I remember. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's that's worse of a depth chart because, oh yeah, Spencer Ware got hurt. Because Spencer Ware, before he got hurt, was a leading receiver on the backfield had great yards after the catch good catch rate excellent pass protector pretty darn good after contact runner in between the tackles and kareem hunt couldn't pass protect to save his life early on in the preseason so they they changed things up and hunt had 79 percent of the touches out of the backfield so he got a huge share but i think they did that because they had to not because andy reed doesn't want to make kareem hunt the centerpiece but they were like, we we have a bunch of we basically have a bunch of stiffs who also can't pass protect all that well. We lost our best pass protector. We lost one of our better interior runners. Let's just go with what we've got and hope for the best here. And we'll do some things offensively to be able to, you know, get Kareem Hunt out in space and not have not let him have to block except on the backside of some plays where we roll Alex Smith away from that, and that's fine. The next year, he also had like 79 or 80% of the touches. Um, Still didn't have a great, um, you know, didn't have a great um, depth chart, but it was better. Damian Williams was in town, you know, and, um, you you know, so that's fine. But I look at the, and it was the first year with Patrick Mahomes, with Mahomes moving around and doing all the crazy dipsy-do things that he does. When I look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, He's not as good of an interior runner as Kareem Hunt. He's nowhere close to Kareem Hunt as an, as a power runner. Um, so, you know, he's more of a Brian Westbrook type. Brian Westbrook needed three, four years in the league to become the, you know, to become a guy that would get that high of a percentage of carries. And if you look at his depth chart, he had guys like Carell Buckhalter was the best option. And then later on, he had um, a 31-year-old Dorsey Levens or 34-year-old Dorsey Levens as, like, his competition. 
And he still didn't really get on the field as the main featured back. And some of it was injuries, but a lot of it was that Andy Reid likes to give guys, put them in a committee role, let them prove it. And then if they prove it over three to four games, then they start getting more touches. And I think that with this year, missing a left guard with the with the likes of Darrell Williams, who's fairly proven, at least as an interior runner, who can catch the ball a little bit and who has the size to pass protect, Darwin Thompson, who they liked enough that they said, the coaches said they feel like he's gonna he got better every week in every facet of the game and not to sleep on him as a contributor. They said this after the draft. Um, and this was his running back coaches. And yes, they may be pumping up Darwin Thompson to, you know, spring because sometimes that narrative happens. But Thompson showed some skill as a blocker, definitely showed some skill as a power runner. He's a more powerful runner than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I can tell you that much right now. Um, and DeAndre Washington, who's, you know, he's a journeyman back, but he can catch, he can block, he can run out of a spread system. Um, you know, so when I look at this, it's not as bad of a depth chart as what Kareem Hunt had. Um, they and I think that Edwards Hilaire is a different back. So to put all that after saying all that, because I know that Dwayne's going to have plenty to say about Edwards Hilaire here too, and I want to hear it for sure because you know um, Dan nearly convinced me, but I have I have Edwards Hilaire at 200 attempts, 912 yards, 4.56 yards per catch, five rushing touchdowns. 60 targets, 46 catches, 326 yards, and three touchdowns, which puts him at about running back 23, I think, um, on my board. Let me see if I have that correct. I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, he's running back 23 on my board. Um, and certainly the difference between him being running back 23 and saying running back 15 would be I have him projected at 62% of the workload for the running backs. If I could get him to 69-70%, he'd be my 15th ranked back based on points per per touch. Now, Dan told me my points per touch were too low, and I countered that I I think without a lot of um, cohesion in the with um, the offensive linemen because they're not getting to work together and they have a guard missing, I'm okay with the lower points per touch especially with you know in terms of him not being uh more of a him being more of a finesse back who finishes strong than being a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, Jonathan Taylor type who oh you hit me oh okay well let me go another 3 or 4 yards. Um if he gets 80% then I could see Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting inside the top 10 for me. But I just, to me it comes down to Dwayne if I'm going to simplify the numbers it's that I have him at 62% of the workload for the backs instead of 80%. And to me, it's going to take 80% for him to do it. And I just can't recommend that in good conscience um, as you know, as a, a guy that you want to take in the first round that's like you know, a, a, a combination of upside and safety. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think I think it's fair, you know, to point out, you know, these things. And so, I mean, I actually enjoy hearing somebody, you know, give the other side, right, uh, in a way that maybe I haven't thought about it. Because, to be honest, there's not many people saying, you know, pass on Clyde Edwards. No, everyone <laughs> loves them. They're all like, everybody saying go. go for it. You know, I even, so, yeah, I'll just say this. I even had, I'll just say just behind the scenes, 
I'm pretty sure that my our editor was basically like, dude, like you guys are bringing up like monsters under the bed, and I'm saying, are you talk? Are you saying my arguments like you know, like a scared child, like having nightmares, you know? <laughs> but like we had a good time debating it. So please, please, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. And to your point, I think you made some really good points about the types of runners. Um, you know, and I have mentioned this part. You know that don't expect what you're going to see from Edwards Alaire to exactly look like what you saw from Kareem Hunt. Um, and I do think it leaves, look, Kareem Hunt won me a boatload of money three years ago in his rookie year. <laughs> I mean, I had him on so many teams. I mean, him, I had him and Kamara together so many times mm. who I was getting him in the third and Kamara in the ninth or 10th of most drafts. Ugh. And then pile that on top of, I had a ton of Gurley shares because Gurley was going at, you know, 212 that year. It, McVay's first year in, everybody thought Gurley, you know, great, just a volume <laughs> back who can't do anything. So I had those three backs together on probably over half of my teams. Yeah. And so basically I destroyed, you know, those three guys alone, you know, just, I mean, I didn't even, it didn't really matter who my receivers were, to be honest. Like I could put anybody out there and I could beat most of the teams in, in my leagues. But Hunt, to your point is a much better uh to your point the power that he has the run after contact and i i do agree and andy reed even said it you know andy reed you know if we break down the things that he said you know about clyde edwards alaire you know he he mentions he says look you know edwards alaire is more like brian westbrook you know, he says you know here's his quote even though they weren't the biggest guys they just know how to play the game that's how we felt about this kid he just knows how to play the game he can block he can run routes he's got tremendous vision which you brought up and notice he says and lateral abilities and cuts right he's not saying a guy that's going to run through all of these tackles um, which is to your point you know if he's going to mention brian westbrook that's who he's talking about um you know i mean that's the kind of style you're thinking of and so I 100% agree with that. What's interesting about Andy Reid's running backs, but before Kareem Hunt, he never had one of his top running backs be a truly good yards after contact guy. So Hunt had a 3.6 um, in, uh, or sorry, Hunt had a, a 3.4 yards after contact in 2018. Then he had a 3.1. So anything over a three is really, really good. Right. And if you get up towards the fours, you're like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, which is like only Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, nobody else. Right. But Hunt, that's really good. Those numbers for Hunt. Now, Spencer Ware, to your point, was had some of that in his game. He was at a 2.8 in 2016. But before that, his running backs were much more about, you know, weren't so much about yards after contact. You know, it was much more about the, you know, Hey, creating, you know, using the vision, using the other components of the game, you know, using the offensive line and using angles and things like that. So Jamal Charles was, a, you know, 2.8 yards before contact, only a 2.3 after. Um, in, now, Charles obviously is a different animal because of the speed, right? The speed he had just took away angles very quickly from linebackers and safeties. And that was a lot of, of it with, with him. But if you look even further back, you know, like um, guys like, you know, LaShawn McCoy. If you look back to your point against Brian, you know, you look back at Brian Westbrook, you know, he was a 2.1 yards after contact guy. Um, so I, I love, you know, the example that you, that you brought up. And I do think that that's very true. I don't expect Edwards Alaire to just win everything, you know, on his own. And so in my projections um, for him, that's why I don't have his yards per carry where a Kareem Hunt was in this offense. 
I've only got him at 4.25 yards per carry. I'm not just going to plug him in at like a 4.75 or a 5. So I've got him at 4.25 yards per carry. Now, before I jump into like where I've got him, um, just a couple of other things. I think with Andy Reid, to your point, yes, Hunt was different, but he's shown to be able to win with all sorts of backs, right? Yeah. And so uh, here's the deal. Here's what you're betting on. 2010 and 15 games, he had the number three runner. 2011 and 15 games, he had the, num- the number two fantasy back. In only 12 games in 2012, you had the 16th best fantasy running back. 2013 and 15 games, the number one. That's Jamal Charles, obviously a very talented you know player. Uh, 2014 and 15 games, you had the number seven. 2015, they just didn't really have a steady, you know, they didn't have, you know, a true person to go to. Number 51 was the top-ranked guy. But then you get to 2016 and 14 games, ranked 16. Then you get to your Kareem Hunt year, you know, 16 games, number four. You get to 2018, 11 games, number 12. You get to 2019, 11 games, um, 37th. And that was, you know, you know, Williams. But if you look at those years, you know, even like last year for Williams, had he was averaging 17.2 fantasy points per game. So had he just been able to play more games, he would have also been, you know, likely in the top 12. Um, you know, so I think, you know, that's really the the thing that when you look at it, it's an elite offense. And while I do like, I, I do agree that there's some other good players. And, and so no disrespect, you know, to them, you know, DeAndre Washington, um, you know, they even still have, uh, you know, Elijah McGuire, you know, who didn't get to play last year. Um, you know, they've got uh, Daryl Williams, who they can use, you know, down around, you know, the end zone if they keep him on the team. And so I, that's an area where I took something away from, um, you know, Edwards Alaire. I don't expect him to get all the work down inside the five. No. If you look at the way he's at the way Reed has handled his backs, um, you know, historically, Um, while he's given the percentage of attempts, typically, you know, he'll give, you know, over 60% to one guy. So he's been at 52, 66, 66, 63, 52, 60, 67, 68, 43. Those are adjusted for games missed inside the five quite often, except when he had Kareem Hunt or a guy like you talk about, um, you know, that had, you know, some, well, when you say Kareem Hunt, that had that power right to his game. Here are the inside the five attempts for his lead backs, only 40%. 40 percent 71 percent that was a freak year that was jamal charles charles never had that in the other years that was the only year he got that kind of work inside the five then 44 percent 38 percent 46 percent then you get kareem hunt 75 percent right and even with kareem hunt the next year now he did you know he didn't get to play all the games that dropped to 34 percent and then in 2019 the lead back only had 16 percent of the carries inside the five so that's where i think that people are getting to your point, overboard. If some if people are overboard in an area for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it's A, with his yards per carry, and two, it's thinking he's going to score 12 touchdowns. So where I have Edwards-Alaire at, though, I still believe he's a first-round pick, and I'll talk about that more in a minute. But I've got him at 247 attempts, so I think you said 200. So I've got him at 47 more carries than you. I've got him at 1,050 yards, and I've got him at nine touchdowns, nine and a half touchdowns. I've got him at 10% of the targets, 57 and that's 46 receptions so also the thing i've seen on twitter to your point that i've seen people putting him at 15 and 16 percent of the targets at like 80 targets that's also a misnomer as much as reed does get his backs involved in the passing game when he's had other weapons to go to he doesn't funnel it to the runner 
right? So he's he did that with Brian Westbrook, but he didn't have good receivers. He didn't have, you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So I think people are a bit carried away with where his targets are going to be. And Patrick Mahomes is going to suddenly like start being checked down, Charlie. I mean, like seriously. Yeah, yeah. It, hell, yeah. with Kareem Hunt, I remember being in the next year before Kareem Hunt got cut because of being, you know, uh, you know, doing the things he did off the field that were obviously terrible. We were not happy about where Kareem Hunt's targets were, right? Sure. That year, once Mahomes took over, because to your point, he wasn't checking it down. So because he can, yeah, right, because he can. <laughs> so I've only got him at ten percent. Um, you know, I got him at eight yards per reception. That's three hundred sixty-five. You know, receiving yards, but I have him at three receiving touchdowns. So, but where he fits, you know, for me, Matt, um, I think we're probably a little closer from a standpoint. Obviously, I've got him at forty-seven more carries than you. But that you know, I don't have him at 300 carries. I don't have him at like, hey, you're the. I've got Darwin Thompson working in. I've got uh, DeAndre Washington working in. You know, I've got Daryl Williams getting some of the work. You know, inside the five, um, and you know, I'll have to vet this like further as we learn more information around who's going to have these other roles. But to your point, I think you're going to have other guys involved. But it's such a good offense, you know, and and I do believe that if. If Edwards Alaire, to your point, plays really good. And I think this is kind of, you know, I wouldn't say this is, you know, projection spectrum wise. I wouldn't say that where I have him is his bottom. I have him at his median. I try to project these things at the median, but I certainly, I have his, I have his low at around 225 carries. So much closer to where you are right now. But my point here is what you just said at the end. If in the first four games, in the kind of role I've got him projected for, if he does show more, he'll get more. He could potentially take on more. And in this offense, the upside. So here's the tier I have him in. And you tell me if you think this, you know, makes makes sense to you. But whenever I I look at you know the running backs, you know, this season, and I've I've got the first, you know, obviously you've got your elite tier, right? These guys that are elite players, elite utilization. We all know who they are. It's Christian, you know, McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, even Dalvin Cook, if healthy. Um, those guys get passing work. They get the running duties. They also get most of the carries, except for Kamara down inside the five. So I mean, they're they're all the high leverage touches. They get them all. Then the next tier that I got after that are unknowns with a path to elite utilization. And in that tier, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Kenyon Drake, and then my last one is uh, Miles Sanders. Right after them, right. And again, these are tiers. I'm describing to people what you're getting. So you can, I have them all graded as, you know, as RB1s. You you get to make a choice based on your risk profile and the player you like better. That's the way I try to build these things out for folks. That There is a tier between that. There is the Derrick Henry tier because I believe there's a chance Derrick Henry also takes on more passing work this year. It's not guaranteed Darrington Evans is just going to come in and all of a sudden be trusted with all of Deion Lewis's work. So there's a potential path where Derrick Henry all of a sudden is like, holy crap, Derrick Henry's now in that top tier getting that elite workload. If you give Derrick Henry just an extra 20 receptions, even on just swing passes, I mean, good grief. Book it. You know, that's just, yeah, it's just going to be padding, you know, to his stats. So, but after that, it's this tier for me. And I have this tier as, look, you're basically deciding between this or Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, right? Um you know, the other guy, who else do I have in there, Matt? I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. Oh, I have it right here. I have an article. I have an article open. So Joe Mixon, that's the other one that's in there. And these are guys that we've talked about. And I we I love them all, but I also know that they're 
they're less likely to be involved in the passing game, right? And so the other guys that I named in the tier before, they actually could get all the work, right? And uh, and like I said, I don't have Edwards Alaire, you know, at sixty five percent, you know, of the of the carries inside the five, um, you know, which is really that's kind of what an RB one typically gets if you look historically. I've got him below that, um, but the offense basically kind of boosts him up. You know, I've got him at 18.3 touches total per game. I've got him at 262 PPR points. Yeah. So, you know, I I like your rationale. I think, you know, I, I understand the rationale of where you're coming from with that and where the upside could really take effect if he starts off early and they feel like we can give him everything. And then I could see where... Um, his profile could, you know, he could reach a higher level of touchdowns because really we're about the same on receptions and targets. So the passing game, we were mm-hmm. almost identical. We were identical in in receptions and touchdowns. You were slightly higher in yardage. In terms of rushing, you were slightly higher, but the bigger difference really was touchdowns. You had nine, I had five. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... You know, you're because I have like Darrell Williams at five touchdowns. I have Darwin Thompson at three touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised if Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams actually flip flop their touchdown totals, just yeah. based on the way that Thompson can catch and run. Um, you know, he might have a little bit more. So I think for me, it is it's I'm just more prone to start with caution because even though Andy Reid said he's a good pass protector, um, I've watched Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I would not describe him as such. Um, I would describe him as um, he has potential, but I would not describe him as as good. Um, so that's an added layer to it that I think the good the good thing there that I will say for Edwards, you know, Hilaire is if you look at the way they you know use you know their backs in Kansas City, they just they don't ask them to block. Sure, sure. <laughs> they don't not stay anymore. In the block. Yeah, yeah, they stay in actually well below the league average yeah. um, from a blocking percentage. So I, you know, I think there's an opportunity there where and that's a good um, point. It, it's not going to matter quite as much from that aspect. So he gets shielded a little bit sure. from the normal lo- rookie learning curve. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very good point. So I think the main difference is, you know, for me, five touchdowns is cons- probably conservative, but for others, like for you, it would be a very conservative estimate whereas you your midline was more like nine but i just for right now i hear nine and i go yeah i can't go there (laughs) not right now but it's but i think you're but i think i understand the reason for that and um you know for me i think it's just a matter of again like you said comfort level so you know you're not going to get him he's a good fit in the scheme you know i mean when i look at you know if you look at the last uh you know he was Edwards Alaire on inside zone was the highest grade run, rated runner in the nation last year at, at a 90.7 through pro football focus. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's out of 101 players. Well, the chiefs, you know, they use the zone blocking scheme on 70% of their attempts. So, I mean, there are some other things that I looked at, like, so, you know, the fit I feel is really good, you know, and even reading the RSP, you know, talking, you talked a lot about, you know, the sure. post draft RSP, you know, what his fit can be like, you know, in this offense. Um, so, yeah, I I do like hearing the other side though because I think you're the first person that's actually been able to, uh, you know, eloquently, you know, state some legitimate, you know, concerns right yeah. about about yeah. the game. I don't think it's gonna be enough to push him off the tier I have him in. Nah. Um. But it. But here's the way I think about that tier. 
that's going to be at the end of the first round. So if, if you don't like risk, well, the choice isn't to then take Nick Chubb in the first. The choice is just take Devontae Adams yeah. and yeah. move along. You know, he's yeah. going to have 165 targets, you know, probably 1,200 yards, 8 to 10 touchdowns. He's proven. I have no problem with someone that wants to take that, you know, kind of strategy as long as they know how to make that up, right, at running back. Yeah, John, James Conner and James Conner and Chris Carson or <laughs> – you know, are two options you can take in the third and fourth round, you know, as, yep. as, as con so absolutely. So yeah, I love that. It's just, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation to have, and I'm glad that you appreciated that because certainly the way you voiced it and the way Dan Hendry voiced it, I think are reasonable, you know, they're reasonable expectations there. I just look at it. I also looked at Brian Westbrook and was like, his best year was a nine touchdown season. Um, whereas like he never anything more than seven on the ground. But then again, um, you know, you look at Westbrook, he, I mean, you look at Edwards Hilaire, he is a good inside runner. Um, now also the LSU, um, offensive line was the best in football. So, you know, being the best offensive line in football in college football is a, is a bigger gap than being the best offensive line in football and in, in the NFL and the chiefs definitely don't have the best offensive line in football, but it's, decent so it either way i'm not gonna you know listen i'm not taking him but i'm not telling people like he's on my no fly list so i guess i am telling people don't he's not <laughs> worth the value but if and you, i have him at rb6 so and I'm you have him at rb6 so listen you got a reasonable guy like Dwayne telling you to go for it and I'm the same guy who, like, I, I still joke and brag that I took Edger and James as a rookie at the end of the first round and won a lot of money doing that. So I don't blame you for wanting to go for that. This is the type of offense where that could happen. Patrick Mahomes might be this generation's Peyton Manning in terms of, like, that kind of thing. It's just the offense isn't set up that way. But then again, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a passing down back. Yeah, so I think great. The, I think, like, for me, the best takeaway – like if I'm a listener to this, yeah. I probably have laid out, look, here's the history of Reed and these fits and things. But where I think you're really laying out something that people probably haven't heard well enough, right, is to your point, you like your first round pick to be, especially your first round pick, to be where you have the intersection intersection of that upside and safety. Right. And Don't I'm miss. not going to... I'm yeah. not going to argue with anyone that there could be a better option. I, I think I have Edwards Allaire on the right tier, right? And yeah. I call it I call it out in the tier. I, it you know my tier is literally called you know path to elite utilization, but talent you know the, it's unknown. Like if this person can do this, yeah. Kenyon Drake, we don't know for sure. We've seen some, but you know he's got questions. Miles Sanders, you know, yeah, he did nice last year, but much of that was in spite of, you know, some issues he had, right, which could pop back up on him. You know, and then you have Edwards Alaire. I think they all have their own questions. They all play in what could be decent offenses that is going to create nice mismatches for them. Um, you know, but there's a question, you know, so there's risk. There's inherent risk there. And I think, you know, I love how you kind of lay, I think you did a good job of laying out, you know, what that risk could look like. Yeah, and and it's good, and it's a good point because again, you can be, if you're someone that's willing to take risks in the first round, and you can. I mean, listen, we just talked about players like, you know, that are available in the third, fourth round later who can deliver you first round production. 
um, who have the chance to do that. So you're not going to, even though Adam Harstead lays out a great argument of football guys that you can lose your, that, yes. that you can it's a great win, article, you know, you can win and lose your, your team yeah. in the first round. Um, you know, at the same time, listen, you know, you do have, he, he also, he also said he shamelessly stole my, there's, there's three legs to the, um, to the stool, but it's actually a table buddy and it's four <laughs> legs. And so, but it's, but yeah, the point being is that you can, um, you can make it up in other ways. So if you take that chance on a guy like Hilaire, just make sure that you're taking solid picks later that you feel really strong about and that you're not taking too, too many risks. If you take a higher risk in the first. Yeah. Time. Here's, here's one Let's. I know we're long on this, it's okay. but, but it's a team that everybody loves. Right. So, yeah. and it's, it's obviously important. So just a real quick draft strategy thing. Here's the other way that I look at it. And I mix these things up, you know, because I get to draft a lot, but a lot of people only draft one or two teams. So I try to always be cognizant, right, of how someone would, like that would want to think about their fantasy season too and then their risk profile. But when I look at it, I think, okay, I, I really love James Conner and I, I, I'm all about him in the third. And I like Chris Carson, you know, in the fourth. But here's my, here's my issue with that is it can get really tight as far as if you're picking down at the end of the first, which is where Edwards Alero is going to go anywhere from eight to 12. Typically you're going to have, you're going to have definitely your leagues where somebody's going to take him at five or six. Right. And I've already, I've already been in drafts where that's happened, but I did a draft last week where I got him at 11, you know? So I turn around, I turned around. <laughs> I actually took him ahead of Derrick Henry in that draft because of the format and, and some of the scoring. And then Henry came back to me in the second and that's not normal normally it would have been miles sanders or Kenyon drake or i could have taken one of the receivers but coming back i get derrick henry right here's what i like about if i can go runner runner right there when i come back in the third and fourth i've got about 12 receivers i like i've only got about four runners i really want there and so it can get really dicey <laughs> like really quick because sure. i've had it happen to me i'm sitting there and connor's almost to me boom gone because he'll go anywhere from 3-1 to 312 he can go anywhere in that round people yeah. are very there's a wide range on connor it's true somewhere in the third round though so you're basically a coin flip on getting him down probably a little worse than a coin flip on getting him down there um so then you're immediately you go basically you don't want to let him go by you basically have to take carson in the third you just kind of have to do it you know yeah. and so it's kind of like or david johnson if you like him right or david johnson which we'll get to him at a, another time yeah. <laughs> and I, I i i think there's gonna be volume and things like that there but here here's my point though there's more receivers i like and there's also receivers there that i think have a better chance right of, of performing like some of the top guys like i love adam Thielen he's locked for 150 targets. I mean, it's going to happen, you know, I mean, and, and cousins loves him. Cousins are very accurate. They have a good fit in their game together. You know, he, he's easily going to be their alpha, right? It's going to be a lot of targets funneled, you know, to Adam Thielen. And then you get Juju Smith Schuster who gets to play slot. We get Ben back. He's sitting there. You have Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Who's sitting there. I mean, so there's a, there's a lot of receivers I like where I feel like if, you know, I've already secured, you know, a runner or two, and I don't have to count on, you know, coming back and having to nail two runners. I I, I just like the flexibility it gives Tyler me. Tyler Lockett, and, and, yeah, 
Exactly. And I like Adam Thielen more than I like Chris Carson. There you go. And it's not that I don't like Chris Carson. I do. No, but it's I a like good him. point. So no, that, that's very... that's kind of in my when I plan out plot out my draft strategies and do draft and part of you know is doing actual live drafts because that you know I like to do a lot of them. I've probably already done too many, but I I think it helps me you know as a, as you know someone helping people with fantasy football. So that's kind of where I've landed down there. Is now here's what I really like, Matt. I'm I'm totally good if you could get Edwards Alaire or Henry or whoever. And sometimes, man, coming back around, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, I've gotten Davante Adams in the second round. If you can start that way and then come back in the third and basically Connor, one of Connor or Carson or maybe somebody else you like is going to make it. You're going to, you probably can get one of them, but you're not dependent on getting both. And then you turn around in the fourth and you're basically wide open, right? You've got two runners, you've got a stud receiver, and what do you want to do in the fourth? You know, as, as, as one of the other receivers that you really love that's in your top tier there, great. Do you really just want to – maybe you like Melvin Gordon and he's because he's quite often there in that at that spot in the fourth and that's what you want to do? Great, but you have complete flexibility. I need to start drafting in more in leagues outside <laughs> of what I do. This, this sounds pretty fun. As always, it's a lot of fun to be able to do these podcasts with Dwayne McFarlane. You can follow him on Twitter at Dwayne McFarlane, as well as see his work at Pro Football Focus, where I'm sure he's going to just turn that place upside down. Listen, you can get the Rookie Scouting Portfolio publication, the pre-draft and the post-draft for $21.95 at mattwaldman.com. Great way to support the podcast, to support what we do at the site, what I do at YouTube, as well as just for your own edification. I mean, you're and entertainment. You're going to find a lot of great value from the RSP, whether you're a draftnik, whether you're a fantasy player in dynasty or redraft leagues, especially in this COVID environment where there's going to be a lot of players who are likely going to be getting a shot to play on the field that most of the, you know, big name pundits don't know anything about because you know, these are guys that usually are just trying out for teams and they may be on practice squads at this point, um, you know, by September and actually have a shot at playing. So that can be very helpful to you. Just in, and also, of course, all the big name guys, you know, and getting a really good look at them. I think you'll find that uh, if you liked this podcast, if you like the work that I do elsewhere, you'll love what I do at the RSP. It's by far the best thing that I do. So. Again, you can rate and review this podcast. You can give me any feedback you'd like at mattwaldmanrsp at gmail.com. And you can also follow me at mattwaldman on Twitter and at mattwaldmanrsp on Instagram. Have a good one.